to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Hey, everybody. Lots to go over here. Uh, first of all, I want to say that there's not going to be a Friday episode, but there will most likely be a Monday episode this next week. And the reason for there not being a Friday episode is I am traveling to San Antonio to attend the White Coat Summit one-year anniversary for America's Frontline Doctors. Um, I was invited to go. Absolutely honored to, to have the opportunity to, to, to attend, and uh, I wanted to thank Sarah Absher for, uh, for getting me in, and what I plan on doing, of course, is just keeping people informed on Gab as to what's going on and, and some of the things that I pick up there and some of the things that I learn, and then uh, I'll certainly create a separate podcast episode and maybe even a Substack article uh, d- describing some of the things that I picked up while I was there. There will be, however, a, uh, a new Substack article on the American Classroom this Friday. So I highly recommend checking that out. Again, if you're not on the email list for that, uh, go ahead and jump on over to the American Classroom on Substack and just click the email link and then pop in your email. And then every single time that I write a new article and send it out, it, it shoots straight to your email without uh, any hassle from you. So there you go. So that's where I'm heading. And I'm driving, by the way, because I don't wear masks, because I'm not a slave, and I don't play the slave game. Pretty simple. Haven't worn a mask yet. Not starting now. Uh, if, if you have any questions about anything regarding the America's Frontline Doctors that you want me to ask them, I have no problem doing that. Shoot me a gab, shoot me an email, whatever you want, and, uh, and I'll, do, I'll do my best. Other than that... I wanted to bounce over real fast to the Ohio State University website, which again is where I was in the last podcast episode. But what was interesting about the last episode is I was just sort of reading some of the, uh, you know, the, the ridiculous COVID guidelines and how dense they are. And and there's a number of different things that they have on on their webpage, which again is an absolute abomination. And I just heard the other day too that as I reported on in the past, that Indiana University was forcing their staff and students to get the jab if they were going to return. From what I heard, if, I'm, if my recollection serves me correctly, is that uh, a judge ruled that Indiana University is allowed to do that because there were a lot of parents and a lot of students suing uh, Indiana University by saying this is completely ridiculous. You can't do that. Apparently, a judge has ruled in favor of Indiana University, and now apparently they can do that. So, yeah, you're going to have the brainwashed sheeple showing up to Indiana University. It's really that simple. And if you want to keep your life intact and your DNA intact and you want to survive, basically don't attend Indiana University. That's essentially what, uh, what I'm picking up from that. So, there's a piece of audio here, though, from Ohio State University that is really alarming, and um, it's it's a couple of different things, but this particular one I want to play because, again, it really is indoctrination to the bone, and you have, in particular, um, black Americans or mixed-race Americans consistently pushing how black Americans need to get this jab. And again, these are all apparently Ohio State University medical professionals, which again is part of of the Substack article that's going to come out on Friday that I discussed. But I wanted to play some of this audio and just let you hear how outrageous it actually is, because it is awful. And that's putting it mildly. I mean, the propaganda here is thick, 
and it's remarkably, remarkably dangerous. And anybody listening to this, again, you know, they see the white coats and they see the, you know, the OSU label on the white coat and they think, well, these people must have my best interest at heart. I'll just do what they say. And then before you know it, they've taken the jabs and now they're remarkably unhealthy and they're wondering why. So I'm going to play this audio again. This is on their making the decision to get vaccinated page. And then why should I get the COVID-19 vaccine? So there's two pieces of audio I want to play here. And here's the first. I thought it was important for me as an African-American nurse practitioner to get the COVID-19 vaccine because I wanted to be an example to those in my community. Because of the history, the medical history in this country, there's a lot of fear among African-Americans that this vaccine is yet another way to eliminate us or try to severely impact us more negatively. And because I believe in science and I know the positive effects that this vaccine can have, I wanted to lead by example. And that's the reason why I decided to get the vaccine. And everything she said is both true and a lie, all mixed into one. Yes, uh, many black Americans are skeptical skeptical of, of ever receiving any shot of any kind, and rightfully so. It's that thing called history, that pesky, pesky thing commonly referred to as history and governments poisoning people. Remember that? Remember all of that? Um, she trusts the science that, quote, continuously shows itself over and over and over again. Trust the science. Trust the science. I trust the science. And then she said she took it because she wanted to be a positive example for others. That's absolutely absurd. That's absurd. I took a shot of heroin because I wanted to be a positive example to other heroin addicts so that they too understand that heroin is delicious. I I don't understand the meaning behind any of this. I mean, I do understand the meaning behind it. It's population control. End of story. But for her to say what she just said and actually believe it shows her own level of ignorance. And it's remarkably damaging. And again, anybody listening to her and doing what she says is incapable of individualized thought. And that person is doomed one way or another, I suppose. They're doomed yesterday, today, or tomorrow or a year from now, or whatever, but it's remarkably, remarkably dangerous. And again, just the, the absolute malfeasance and, and the inability for them to follow their own oath is absolutely absurd. When everybody starts talking the same way, that's supposed to be the first red flag. It's always supposed to be the first red flag. If they're all saying the same message over, and over and over again, you have a serious, serious problem. Now, if you thought that one was bad, this is the next video that Ohio State University has on their website, and it's just worse. It's about three and a half minutes long. It's countless individuals. Again, they're all mixed race. They're all black Americans, and apparently they're all doctors or medical professionals associated with Ohio State University in some capacity, so they, so they say. Uh, and the video is titled, Our Community versus COVID-19. The, uh, it comes from the YouTube channel, The Columbus, Ohio Black Physician Network. This video is an abomination as well. Give this a listen. It all began in the year of 2020, when a virus, better known as COVID-19, changed our lives and devastated 
our communities. COVID-19 has impacted our jobs. Our children's ability to go to school. Our ability to socialize and gather with our loved ones. And prevented us from worshiping at our faith institutions. And we already knew that healthcare disparities existed. This pandemic has highlighted just how much of the disparity exists as it relates to people of color. Did you know that thousands of people die every day of COVID-19? As people of color, we are more likely to get COVID-19. More likely to be hospitalized. And we are most likely to die. As people of color, we are more likely to work in essential jobs. And many of us live in multi-generational households, which increases our risk of the virus. We are dying and burying our loved ones at a much higher rate as compared to other racial and ethnic groups. We have to make a change. Although we face such adversity, we are a powerful and resilient community. The COVID vaccine is now available and is an effective weapon to fight this virus. This vaccine provides so much hope for the future. Did you know that a black scientist was crucial to the development of the vaccine? As a matter of fact, there were several black scientists who were on the FDA advisory committee who heavily scrutinized the vaccination before it was widely distributed. Did you know that thousands of people of color were included in the clinical trials to test the safety and the efficacy of the vaccine? People that look just like you and me, now, I understand that you may be hesitant to get this vaccine because I was too until I did more research. It's so important that you review credible resources when making a decision about this vaccine. We understand the healthcare system hasn't always been kind to us. We remember the Tuskegee experiment. And we remember Henrietta Lacks. We know the history of our healthcare system. But we have made so many advances since then. And people of color are in key decision-making roles. As black physicians, we are our ancestors' wildest dreams. We went into medicine to advocate for you. To educate. To counsel. To heal. Please, follow our lead. When you make the choice to get vaccinated, you are not only protecting yourself from a serious illness, you are protecting your family, your friends, your entire community. And that's why I got vaccinated. 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 And we hope that you will too. And then it says at the end, the personal views and comments reflected in this video are the participants own and do not necessarily reflect the views of their employers. Ladies and gentlemen, that video makes me want to barf. And I mean barf everywhere. Not just little pieces here and there or, you know, barf in your mouth and then swallow it. I mean barf all over the place. 100% propaganda. 100%. And the race baiting that goes on throughout the entire video is absurd.
Show me the statistics where it says that minorities or black Americans are dying daily from COVID-19, which by the way, as I again reiterate in the Substack article this coming Friday, it's not, COVID-19 does not stand for SARS-CoV-2. The word COVID or the acronym COVID stands for Certificate of Vaccination Identification. They are not the same thing. There is actually no such thing as COVID-19. It's word manipulation. It's a word game. It's SARS-CoV-2, which is essentially what I I believe it was 77% the same as SARS-CoV-1. It's a cold. It's a respiratory illness, and it has a cure. It's called hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, zinc, vitamin C, vitamin D. That's it. That's it. This has been said over a year ago. year and a half ago this was said. We're still saying it today. But now you've got these quote-unquote snake oil salesmen who, who double as doctors apparently. And they're telling everybody to get the jabs. It's awful. It's absolutely awful. And I got to tell you, you know, I'm, I'm not an expert in nonverbal communication. But clearly, of course, the whole thing was a script. That goes without saying. What was interesting was the section at the end where they were saying, I got vaccinated. I got vaccinated. I got vaccinated. That's why I got vaccinated. When I was looking at their faces, I guarantee not all of them got the jabs. I guarantee it. You could could see it in their faces that they were just saying it. They were just saying it. But they hadn't done it themselves. Now, I don't know about you, but where I come from, that's called a liar. And these people are liars. And they are going to kill people with their horrible advice and their awful, awful lies. And I wanted, again, the one gal who said, uh, make sure you do your own research and you find accurate whatevers. Yeah, no kidding. Because anybody who really does their research on any of this at any level, would come to the ultimate conclusion that no one should be taking this under any circumstance ever. That's what most people would come to the conclusion of. But again, they're wearing lab coats and they're all the same race and they're all reading from the exact same script. And well, it's, it's funded through Ohio State University. Well, they can't all be lying, can they? Yes, they certainly can. They certainly can. The lying has hit new peaks. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Now, this was equally as jacked up, and this came again from just yesterday on Disclose.tv on Telegram. And they said this around uh, 12, 18 p.m. New, everyone older than two should wear masks regardless of vaccination status when schools reopen in the fall, according to updated guidance from the American Academy of Pediatrics. Again, it's, it, it has gotten to the point where if you're associated with any of these associations or these groups and you're not operating either as an individual or a small group of, of objective, critically thinking human beings and, and you're associated with these larger entities, you're, um, you're in the circus. You're just a clown in the circus. I mean, the American Academy of Pediatrics just said that. So we have a non-existent virus for the most part now. 
The only people getting sick and entering hospitals are the jabbed. People who have had jabs are testing positive with a false test, of course. They're being quarantined, and they don't have to be. But they're falling deathly ill as a result of the jabs with countless side effects, if not immediate death. And a year ago, parents were so scared of something that wasn't really real that they're running around throwing masks on their little kids. And most weren't, in particular if they were below the age of five. But now, if you're two or older, you have to wear a mask in school, according to these people. This is where the rubber's going to meet the road and the bullet's going to hit the bone as to whether or not states and state departments of education at the K-12 level require elementary school students to do this. And then we're going to have to see as to whether or not those K-12 school districts fall in line or not. If they fall in line and they start doing this, I got to tell you, if you're a parent and you send your child to a school like that that's doing this, there's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with you. You are incapable of individualized thought. You are letting government raise your child for you. You are not protecting your child. The jury is in on the mask wearing. It's remarkably detrimental to a person's immune system. We know this already. We've always known this. It says so on the box. I've been over this a million times. But that's the point. That's the point. They don't want you to even remember the facts that you knew from the past. They just want to consistently repeat the lies and and just repeat them over and over again. And when they do that, their hope, I'm talking about the Satanists in control here, their hope is that you will erase your known fact from history and, re- and just replace it with a brand new lie just because someone today said so. Again, as I've said this in the past, that is hands down K-12 and higher ed in a nutshell. Because I've talked about what these people are researching now and what these people are actually doing in classroom settings. There is no unhealthier environment than a K-12 school, and frankly, at this point, a teacher education program, because what are they actually teaching them to do? What kind of an environment are they teaching them to enter? They're teaching these people to enter and become a teacher in the most unhealthy of environments. All of the research for the past centuries has been thrown out the window on how people learn and how people teach and what people are supposed to do and nonverbal communication and you name it, how to read, how to write, etc., etc. It's all gone now. It's just all gone. We're all just going to forget it, you know, because of COVID. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. That's their excuse. Well, it's, you know, because of COVID. Well, come on, Sean. I mean, it's, you know, it's COVID. The game's, the game's changed, Sean. The rules have changed. COVID. It's, it's beyond embarrassing. Beyond embarrassing. So, speaking of embarrassing, I couldn't help but dive over to nomassforkids.com because as I mentioned this on the last episode, uh, one of the last episodes from last week, just within that time span of there not being uh, m- many posts as of June 28th, there are now nine new posts, all from July 15th and then one from July 17th. And I wanted to read these because, again, these come from Mostly in the United States of America, but they also come from uh, Canada as well. Many of them have. 
So here's one from Vermont, and it's titled, The Right to Face Your Accuser. Male, 10 years old, now 11. It says, quote, Expelled from fifth grade for a week, our 10-year-old child was refused entry to school after an unknown person reported that our son was close to another unknown person who supposedly had tested positive for COVID-19. Of course, the whole school wore masks all the time. Furthermore, a student who left school for an appointment was not allowed back in. Does that sound like a safe and healthy learning environment to you? I mean, it's flat out ratting out somebody, even though they didn't have anything. Expelled from fifth grade for a week, our 10-year-old child was refused entry to school after an unknown person reported that our son was close to another unknown person who supposedly had tested positive. It's absurd. It's absurd. That's all you have to do now. All you have to do is run up to an administrator or a teacher and say, Billy tested positive. He's keeping it alive from everybody. He has COVID. And then everybody loses their minds in the school building. Everybody loses their minds. A robot comes and picks up Timmy or Billy or whoever tests positive. They carry him away to this dungeon room. They sit him in there by himself. They de-louse him. They call the parents. The parents come and get him. They spit him out of a slide that shoots out of the back of the building into a pickup truck. And then they say, your kid's outside. Pick him up. Do whatever you want. Oh, by the way, he's not allowed back in. I mean, that's the environment now. That's the K-12 environment. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm certain not everybody's doing this, but they're also not seeing down the line. They don't know what's going to happen down the line here with any of this. They're not, they're not paying attention. And you know, again, I've said this before, but the, the teachers just, you know that countless teachers just lined up to take these jabs. You know that they did. And, and this is something I've mentioned in the past too, and it bears repeating, in particular regarding the health status of those who have taken the jab. American K-12 school teachers, ladies and gentlemen, are not exactly the model citizens of physical health. And I'm not saying that to be insulting. I'm saying it because it is a actual researched fact. Many school teachers have eating problems, weight problems, a lack of exercise problem. Uh, many of them are on prescription medication. Many of them do not take care of themselves physically. And now what are they doing? They're jabbing themselves with this poison. And, and what? I mean, they're more worried about a common cold and the propaganda, of course, that's being shoved down their throats on their TV. But at the same time, they would rather not eat right go for a jog, maybe do a push-up or a sit-up from time to time. That's too much for them. But walking right into the slaughterhouse and taking a jab, that's no problem. That's second nature. That's absolutely awful. Here's the next one. This comes from Connecticut. It says, Vaccine Adverse Reaction. My daughter, 23 years old, was told by her college that in order to work there, she had to take the vaccine. She was in the hospital after taking it with heart, chest pain, and fever. New Britain Hospital kept her there for three days running tests and didn't diagnose her. She was let go with ongoing chest heart pain, unquote. Uh, this, is, uh, this is just getting more and more heartbreaking here. 
more and more heartbreaking. Again, we, I'm on nomaskforkids.com. This says mask report. Again, Connecticut, age eight. Countless nosebleeds from my daughter due to wearing the mask and being sent to the nurse at school. School nurse said, this is the worst year with nosebleeds. Hmm. Hmm. Let's connect those two simple dots, school nurse. Why would that be the case? Why would this be the worst year you've ever seen when it came to nosebleeds? Hmm. Hmm. Could it be the mask? It dries out your sinus cavity completely. It's supposed to be moist in your face, not bone dry. Absolutely awful. This next one is titled Rash. Ten years old, male. My ten-year-old son had to wear a mask at school, developed a red rash right away that would get better over the weekend and start all over the following week. And see, I've said this in the past when I've read these posts. It's a post like that where you want to say, hello, parent. It's time for you to wake up. It's time for the parent to wake up and stop sending them. Here's the next one. Comes from Orlando, Florida, age 17, titled Teen Who Can't Mask. Uh, I'm sorry. Teen Who Can't Mask Can't Work. It says, quote, I was with my toddler at an entirely outdoor water park in Orlando where customers were able to roam mask-free, but employees all had to remain masked. At a water park, ladies and gentlemen, in Orlando. I mean, you can't make up this stupidity. This is authentic stupidity. It continues, quote, I noticed that a teenage lifeguard in the toddler play area had his mask off, which was a relief to me because the employees all looked intimidating and unapproachable with them on. I felt this was particularly sad in front of the littlest children who needed to view the lifeguards as a source of help, not a threat. I walked up and asked him why he was able to remove his mask, and he appeared very nervous and started to reach for his mask. I assured him that he didn't have to, that he didn't think he should have to wear one, and he seemed relieved. He told me in a very strained manner that sometimes he has a really hard time breathing in a mask because of health issues. And I told him that I have the same problem and think masking is ridiculous and that him having to wear one in a sunny, warm, spacious work environment was wrong. He still appeared nervous but appreciated the encouragement. Not much later, a manager approached him and spoke with him for a while. A little after that, two staff members came and talked with him. The young man, who was a tall, strong, athletic teenager, looked on the verge of tears. They ended up having to leave work at least for the day. I watched him walk dejectedly back to the staff locker area and prayed that he would not have to choose between sacrificing his medical, physical health, or his income. Unquote. My God. My God. This is the psychological warfare that's taking place right here. This is the psychological breakdown. Because, again, if you've been paying attention to all of this, you've noticed that over and over and over again, even on mainstream news, and again, these people are the epitome of evil on, on mainstream news, whether it be radio, television, etc. But they're consistently reporting on how there are higher and higher mental health issues in the United States. Well, it's because of the lockdowns. It's, it was all because of the lockdowns. No, it's not. 
No, it isn't. That played a role at the time. But most people aren't quote-unquote locked down. I mean, I never was. The business of being locked down was an absolute lie as far as I, as far as I was concerned. I lived my life. I went wherever I went, where, wherever I wanted, whenever I wanted, without a mask. And if somebody approached me, which rarely happened, it only happened maybe, I don't know, a, a, a few times. But it's not the lockdown that's crushing the mind of the human here. It's the constant messaging to get jabbed, wear a mask, comply. When the only thing that they really have to do is disobey. That's it. Disobey. It's the people who disobey all of this tyranny. Those are the ones that will survive. They will survive. The people who are not disobeying are going to be the first ones to leave this earth. I hate to sound morbid about it, but it's true. If you don't disobey... It's, it's over for you. I mean, you're not going to make it. So that's a character trait that a lot of people have. I'm fortunate enough to have that character trait. I've had it my whole life. I continue to have it. It doesn't mean that you become some uh, reckless lawbreaker. That's not what it means. What it means is, is you know the difference between a lie and the truth. And it doesn't matter how often someone gets in your face and tells you a lie. You just smile and you laugh at them. And then you go about your business. But you never bend and you never break. The problem is, is this is breaking a generation of minors. And it's the school environment itself, too, that's doing it. Yes, it's these summer jobs, like this unfortunate 17-year-old. And again, the observation that this particular parent made about this 17-year-old employee is spot on. I mean, it's spot on. It's, it's a perfect observation. They were, they were clearly diagnosing and, and, and doing a very good job observing the nonverbal communication of the individual, and I have no reason to believe that this, uh, that this is inaccurate in any way, their written description here. But this is what's causing the mental and emotional breakdown. It wasn't the lockdown stuff. It's the constant pressure. It's the constantly leaning on people, being between a rock and a hard place so they think. They're not really between a rock and a hard place, but they think they are. That's why it's psychological war. Here's the next one. This comes from Michigan. I'm sorry, Minnesota. 12 years old. It's titled Disabled Son. Quote, my disabled son is 12 years old, and this past school year, he started wearing a mask. Well, in less than a week, he started getting congestion in his lungs, he has a disability where he's unable to put one on or take off, and he has drooling issues. He would come home coughing and struggling to breathe. He had headaches almost every day. We stopped using the mask and did a shield only. After one day, <laughs> the shield thing too, don't even get me started. Has anybody seen those? And this was, I, I first saw this a year ago. People didn't want to wear the masks, but they were wearing these these shields over just over their noses. They attached behind their ears and then they came around and it looked like a petri dish right over their nose and mouth, but it was like a, a an, it was like a cup right under their chin. I mean, it, these things are equally as stupid. Again, sombreros would be a whole lot funnier. It'd just be way more funny to see people walking around in sombreros and say, "Well, you know, it's because of COVID." Okay. I would accept that. 
I mean, on a hilarity level, I would I would accept that far more than I would this business of uh, a petri dish over your nose, or even those stupid little things that just hang on the bridge of your nose and cover your nose and mouth. But oh, look, you can still breathe, and it's see through, so it's not like you're wearing anything. But you look equally as stupid. I don't get it. I mean, I do get it, but it's just sad. Anyway, continuing, quote: uh, He had headaches almost every day. We stopped using the mask. Okay, shield only, blah, blah, blah. Uh, after one day without having a mask, he didn't have any issues. He was told, he has told me that he hates the others, that others wear them because he can't see their facial expressions and knows if they are upset or smiling. I just butchered that entire sentence. Let me start that over. It says, quote, he has told me that he hates that others wear them because he can't see their facial expressions and know if they are upset or smiling. There we go. I got it. He was getting severely depressed seeing them wear them. See? There's the mental breakdown. There absolutely is no studies that show the benefit of masks, and they don't provide the correct protection to anyone. This is complete child abuse. Well said. Well said, parent. Well said. Here's the next one from Arizona. Female, five years old. False assurance is the title. Quote, When our governor passed a law stating masks cannot be mandated at public schools, I got so excited till I found out that the school districts were not updating the new law on their website, nor were they informing the staff slash teachers. Now, I'm going to interject real quick. This is also something that I said would happen. Again, not tuning my own horn here, but, uh, you know, toot, toot, toot. I said this would happen. Just because the state says something doesn't mean that the local government is going to tell people the truth. Local governments telling the truth, period, is um, it's jumbo shrimp. It's an oxymoron. It's not going to happen. And they're going to hold out as long as they can and mislead as long as they can. In particular, the most evil. Because again, they're not well. They actually believe all of this. So it continues. It says, quote, My daughter wanted to go to kindergarten, but after I told her she had to wear a mask, she said, But mom, how will I breathe? Quote, unquote. Good for her. So I decided to homeschool. Now our state passed a law making, unlaw making it unlawful to force mask wearing on children, and I'm still questioning it because what if, what if vaccines shed and children are getting vaccinated next? What if she is bullied? What if the teacher bullies her? Why is the school district not updating their website with this new law? Why am I talking to other moms who work for various school districts as teachers and support staff, and they are not being told that this school year, by law, by law, Staff and students cannot be mandated to follow COVID mitigation strategies. Unquote. No kidding. Homeschool. That's the answer. That's the answer. And this again is a perfect example of a parent taking in lots of taking in lots of truths all at once and analyzing this a hundred percent appropriately. What if they get bullied? What if they're singled out? What if they're around the uh, the jabbed and the jabs start transmitting? Uh, you know, their jab juice and spike proteins onto you. Of course. Of course. That's what's going to happen. It's inevitable. This has already been shown to be the case. Why does anybody think it would all of a sudden go away 
when everybody's packed into tight quarters in a school building now. But again, they're going to blame the unjabbed as getting everybody sick, and that's not the way it works. I'm not, I'll tell you what, please read the Substack article on, uh, on Friday. They're not, they're not going to be able to comprehend psychologically what they've done to themselves, the jabbed. They're, they're not going to be able to handle it. And, and they're not going to be able to understand that if they have been jabbed, how on earth could they be making someone else sick? That leap is going to be a difficult leap for them to make. Again, it's, it's going to be like them standing on, a, on the edge of a mountain, and there's just a giant gape. Uh, and then the other side of the mountain is on the other side, and they can see it, but they'll never, make, they'll never make that leap. They just won't be able to make that mental leap. It's not going to be able to happen. Most of them are just going to turn around and, and submit because there's no way that they would ever think that a government or, or their own doctor would jab them with something that would A, kill them, and two, transmit, once inside their own body, transmit it to someone else to make them ill. Th- these are psychological leaps that are not going to be able to be made inside of the minds of human beings. It just won't, and it's awful. Uh, This next one, 12 years old. It's titled, Daughter Gets Headache After One Hour in a Mask. Quote, I took my daughter to an occupational therapy appointment and was told her mask, more breathable, had to be replaced with a facilities mask. After one hour's session, 12-year-old had a severe headache after. My thought was, quote, isn't the oath first do no harm? Unquote. Yeah. Yep. What is it? Graphene oxide is in, in, in those masks. It's a poison, ladies and gentlemen. The masks are made up with a poison. And don't rationalize it by saying, well, I wear one of these gator things, or I wear one of these like neck scarf things over my face, and that's way better. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. It increases the amount of carbon dioxide in your cells, which makes you ill, weakens your immune system. That's the way that that works. Oh, man. Okay, here's the next one. It's titled Mask Issue. This comes from Tulsa, Oklahoma, age 5 and 8. Quote, my son and daughter were both required to wear masks at school. My son came home on more than one occasion with bruising around his lips and on his face. My daughter got horrible mouth sores and a, con- and a consistent sore throat. Both he and my daughter suffered from headaches, dizziness, sleep disturbances, and behavior issues. I pulled them out of school. They no longer wear a mask anywhere, and the issues have resolved. Well, there you have it. There you go. It's that simple. See what homeschooling does. See what taking them out of these abusive environments does. It's incredible. It's incredible. Here's the next one. Age 12, titled Son Has Asthma. My son has pretty mild asthma bef- had pretty mild asthma before the mask mandate, but it's worse now. He also has a skin condition on his face and neck that the mask has made worse. Well, mom, dad, take the mask off. Uh, continues, quote, During the mandate, my child only wore the mask rarely as he was schooling from home. But just a little time, he wore it. While out in public, he had a huge effect. It had a huge effect on his asthma. For God's sakes, 
why would he be wearing it at home even a little bit? That's number one. And number two, why would you have him wear it in public? This is not an airborne thing. There's no such thing as airborne viruses. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Viruses live in the bloodstream. That's where they live. That's where they reside. They can only live in human blood. That's it. It continues. Before he used his inhaler once in a while before being very active, in the last several months, I have noticed he consistently has a dry, deep cough and has had to use his inhaler nearly every day. I was hoping to get him into the parks program in our community so he can go and get out and socialize with others, but unfortunately the parks are requiring masks. Of course they are, because they're stupid. Uh, It continues, quote, I reached out to my son's primary care doctor and his allergist to get a medical exemption for the mask so he could go. I did not even talk to the doctor because the PA told me she would not approve it, even though he is having problems with his breathing. The allergist was worse. After talking to him over the phone, he told me no other parents were reporting were reporting that and that my child was eligible for the COVID vaccine and that I should get him vaccinated. Well, the vaccine still won't change the fact that he will have to wear the mask at the parks and rec program, which is why I called. I explained to him I did want him vaccinated and did not feel the vaccine was safe. Wait a minute. She miswrote that. I She wrote... Here's exactly what what they wrote. I'm assuming it's a she. I don't know. Um, I think so, though. It says, I explained to him I did want him vaccinated and did not feel the vaccine was safe. Well, it can't be both. So you you didn't want him vaccinated? That's what I'm assuming she meant. She continues, I cannot understand why both his doctor and his allergist would not give me a medical exemption for a mask when we know the masks do not work and are causing harm to people who are wearing them. They did not even ask to see him to evaluate him, unquote. Here's why. With all due respect, ma'am, here's why your doctors are doing that. Because they're under a satanic spell. It's that simple. If they're all saying the same things, because for those of you that have listened to this podcast, you heard my story of when I went to my doctor recently for poison ivy. It was that simple. He said the same thing. Well, we're just not hearing any of that. Well, we're just not hearing that. We're not reading that. We're not hearing that. No one's asked about that. No one said that. Haven't heard that. That's all they're saying. It's just a potion. It's just this giant satanic spell pixie dust potion. Satan is standing behind them, just dropping this pixie dust on top of them, and they're all saying the same words verbatim, line after line after line. That's what it is. They've been full-blown brainwashed. There's no other explanation. I can't, I can't come up with another one. So yeah, heartbreaking to say the least. That was the last, um, that was the last post and most recent post on nomassforkids.com. But there you go. There were nine more posts there. Here was another that I wanted to uh, to read. And this came, I'm, I'm going to end with this. And this came uh, from greatawakening.win. And what this highlights is really another angle that I think has been missed um, by a number of individuals. And you can clearly tie this into the K-12 school environment as well, because we know that K-12, uh, K-12 schools 
of course, exist all across the country. And depending on who works in them and the demographics of the particular school buildings, there can be language barriers, there can be cultural barriers, so to speak, along with language differences, cultural differences, whatever, however you want to phrase it. But this is a particular story that someone typed up, and I just wanted to read this because I think it highlights that specifically and really shows sort of the breakdown and, and the mistrust that can exist, or blind trust perhaps, that can even exist with, with a lot of this information. And again, it really is remarkably unfortunate, but it's titled, Encounter with C-19's Victim in a Baby's Birthday Party. So it says this, quote, Yesterday, I went to a distant nephew's birthday in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. In a moment during the party, I moved to the kitchen to get ice cream, and a lady started having a conversation with me, stating that someone asked her to follow me. I asked why. Apparently, she had lost a pregnancy two months after I lost mine, March versus May, and I got pregnant again, no joke, three weeks later after my miscarriage. I'm four months now. The person that asked to follow me was insinuating that I reveal my secrets, quote-unquote. During the conversation, I shared that my pregnancy was an atopic pregnancy, and I miscarried at ten and a half weeks. The lady shared that she was having complications with her blood pressure, and she was going to the ER every other day, and the medication wasn't helping. Therefore, her doctor recommended to get the C-19 vax. The lady lives in New York City. Being a woman from the countryside in the Dominican Republic, she trusted the doctor in America that are more capable, quote-unquote. During the next five days after the vax, she was experiencing horrible headaches and her body was overheated, really bad for pregnancy. She shared that her baby was moving incontrollably, kicking, twisting, and stretching like he wanted to come out of the belly and she was having labor pains. At the sixth day after the vax, her water broke and baby was stillborn. He died inside her within 24 weeks. She also shared that the hospital that took horrible care of her committed tons of neglecting actions. That's why she is suing them. She said that she is responsible for getting the vax without getting information first, and she recommended me not to get it. Big bold print. I explained to her my concerns about the vax and why I will never get it. Also, my doctor recommended to not get it. I'm in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, rural side. It was, dev it was a devastating story, but these victims are real. In her case, I feel sympathetic because English is not her first language. Her doctor was the one who insisted, and lots of people that come from third world countries like Dominican Republic trust American doctors and due to the lack of reliable services in our countries. Unquote. Again, right there, language barriers, cultural barriers, um, blind trust, whatever it may be. But, but that right there is one thing, again, that you're not, you're not hearing anywhere in the mainstream. Is Again, not just the cultural barriers and the language barriers and whatever, but there are plenty of people taking advantage of that fact. And they're saying, well, that just means they need to get it. I mean, if, they, if they're uncertain, they should definitely get it. That approach is absurd. You don't jump off of a bridge if you're uncertain about jumping off of a bridge. You walk away. And you just don't jump. It's that simple. But we're not hearing the alternative doctor view, are we? 
I mean, we're hearing it, yes, through America's frontline doctors, and we're hearing it through alternative media online, and we're hearing it on, te- and we're reading it on Telegram, and, and hearing it on BitChute and XYZ and podcasts like this, but we're not, y- you're never going to see this on television. I mean, you're just not. They, they, they take Dr. Peter McCullough, for example, and they stick him on Fox Nation. Well, Fox Nation, it's Fox News. Fox News is an abomination, but they stick it on a online paid platform that is not associated with the actual chan- cable free cable channel itself. And that right there should prove to everybody that they're hiding the alternative opinions of doctors. If you have a doctor that says take it and you have a doctor that says don't, I mean, my God, it seems pretty simple, does it not? The one that says don't do it, that's probably the one you should follow. That's probably the the best option. Because again, as I've said in the past, if you're healthy today and you don't have it, why would you get it tomorrow and then just kind of hope for the best and cross your fingers? It's beyond absurd. So, in conclusion, there's going to be a new Substack article in the American Classroom on Friday. There will not be a podcast episode on Friday. Hopefully I'll have a podcast episode on Monday describing my time at the uh, White Coat Summit here. And again, if you have any questions about um, that particular summit or you want me to ask ask any American Frontline doctors any questions, I'd be happy to. Just shoot me an email, hit me up on Gab, whatever you want. And uh, yeah, other than that, have a great week, have a great weekend, and I'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless. <laughs>